Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone, and welcome into this episode of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today we were talking about the PGA Tour playoffs, Tony Fino's big win out in New York City, and what you can do to prepare for your club championship this year. So let's get into it. Hello friends, welcome to this tradition unlike any... Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Big Drive Energy brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host, Spencer Smith, at Big Drive Spence on Twitter, here with my co-host, at Big Drive Mitch, Mitchell Smith. Yes, we do have the same last name. Yes, we are related, unfortunately for me. But, <laughs> Mitch, what's up, man? How how you been? How's your week? What are you up to, dude? What's up, bro? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm getting worn the fuck out. I've had a long week. I kind of went on a Bender this weekend. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I had a rough weekend, but high school golf just started. If any of you don't, if any of you don't know, excuse me. We Spencer and I coach Elizabeth High School's golf team. If you've never heard of Elizabeth, you're not alone there. We're out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere, and we coach our high school's golf team that Spencer and I both graduated from, and it is a labor of love, no doubt about it. I love all the kids to death, but. It takes a lot of our time. Uh, we just had tryouts two weeks ago. We had our first tournament last week. Shout out Caden Kilduff, our boy. We watched him grow up from being a freshman shooting 120. He shot 77 in our first tournament of the year last week, which was fucking awesome. He killed it. 
and just seeing those kids progress is what makes everything so worth it. But I have to drive to a tournament tomorrow. Got to wake up at the ass crack of dawn. So it's a, it's, it's a long month and a half, but it's very worth it, man. Um, Anyway, how are you doing this week? What's what's happening, brother? I'm doing good, man. Well, just a, a quick flex on Caden, uh, because Caden's put in the work for sure, and, and another kid we got, Parker, he's put in a ton of work as well. And so these kids last year at our home tournament at, at the Valley of Fun, um, <clears throat> they shot 104, Parker shot 104, office, crying. Oh, in the office, crying. <laughs> 104 in the office. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then Caden shot 97, and we had high hopes for him to be in the low 80s last year, and it just didn't happen. Uh, and then this year he goes out and shoots 77, so he cut 20 strokes off of his his 18-hole total from last year. And Parker uh, shot 86, so he was uh, 18 strokes off. So combined 38 strokes less this year than last year, which is awesome to see from kids like that. They really took... They really took golf and, and made it their, not necessarily their life, but working out at the golf course, of course, it's helps them. It's a priority them. for them. Yeah, they just, they really worked on getting better, and that's what we've always talked about at on this podcast is, is like, if you really want to get better, it's not easy, nothing's easy in life, but it's, it, it if you determine and you start working and you grind, you're going to get better, and these two kids are a perfect example of that. They really took a liking to golf. I, I would credit a lot of that to us, hopefully. We made golf fun. We made golf cool, which is, like, the basis of our lives, essentially, trying to make golf fun and get, make golf cool. And they took it and ran with it. And so shout-out to them. Uh, shout-out to us for helping them get to that point. Uh, you know, I don't want to take – I'm not taking all the credit by any means, but it's just it's just awesome to see that that kind of improvement because you don't see that very much. If Usually if a kid doesn't give a shit, he doesn't give a shit. But – once they start grinding and they really get into it and they care about not just playing golf but the game in general and all the nuances that go into it, it that your game can really take off. So I'm, I'm super proud of those kids, man. Oh, absolutely, dude. I, I could not be any more stoked. And it, it really, like, we've built a, a golf culture where, it, like you said, it's cool to like golf and cool to be into golf. And there's certain schools where that's very prevalent. If we're talking local here. We're talking Bauer High School, Regis Cheswood High School. Um, and there, it, that's just a diff, different demographic of people in general. But we, we have built this somewhat of a, a golf culture at Elizabeth where it's not lame to be in the golf and lame to play golf. And it's just so cool to see them really thriving and, and really enjoying themselves out there. It, 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 is, a, uh, it is all worth coaching, just, do, just seeing all of that. Yeah, our dude Parker has turned into like a straight-up birdie machine, which is just shocking to me because as good as I am at golf, and that's not supposed to be conceded at all just compared to the general public, like I don't make a lot of birdies, like as many as I think I should at least. And this dude's out here like going birdie. Like what did he go on the back nine? Wasn't it like double? Well, so, so on the front nine, he, he was four over through seven and he had already made two birdies, and he finished. <laughs> so he went birdie, bogey, quad, par, bogey, birdie, par. <laughs> to, to be four over with a quad through seven holes. Just an absolute roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think him and Caden each made five birdies during the round. So 
it, you know, it, it really shows that they're moving in the right direction. They're capable of making birdies. It's all about eliminating those big numbers. So uh, that's kind of the direction we're moving in. Um, also, I have to touch on one other thing. If any of you don't know, the Rockies have been ripping our heart out, hearts out all season. But they're ridiculously good at home, and they are ridiculously fucking horrendously bad on the road. So I think Spencer and I are both currently have on the background the Rockies about to lose again in extra innings on the road, and I'm fucking sick of it. So uh, not not much more baseball talk, but I'm I, I kind of boycotted the Rockies this year, and then they got really fun to watch at home. So I was like, fuck it, I'll watch a few. And then watching them on the road is just flat out self harm. <laughs> it's self abuse. You you should not be able to do it. Yeah, this current Cubs series, like, I feel so bad for Drew and Patrick and anybody covering this team that has to sit down and do post games after any road series. Uh, I just wouldn't. I mean, I'll, I'll be on. Drew, <laughs> I just wouldn't. <laughs> Drew and Patrick, if you guys are listening, I will come on if you want me to, but I, I just. It would just be so disheartening. And then every time they're at home, it's like they're. I'm like seeing how many games under 500 they are. I'm checking the standings like an idiot. And like. <laughs> Like seeing what way we can get back somehow get back into the playoff like, right it's oh, just this the... team just has to lose out and we just have to to win 40 more in a row and there's 26 games left absolutely detrimental to my mental health but it, i just like i don't know it's just a summer thing for me golf is a summer thing where i just love doing it i do it as much as i can and then baseball watching the rockies just the same thing i just can't i just cannot help myself with it I know the game starts at 6.40 if they're at home or, you know, a different time if they're on the road based on where they are. But, Jesus, I just I have to watch. And I like doubleheaders. I love the midday game today we had, you know, until uh, the Cubs hit a three-run bomb in the bottom of the, the sixth. You know, it's just – but I, I'm, 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 a, I'm addicted. I just can't. And that's why I'm glad that the we got the Rockies – Almost over. We got the Broncos schedule coming out soon. Or the Broncos schedule's out. They're starting to play real games soon. I'm going to the Broncos game this Saturday. A little preseason action. Gonna watch my boy number 40, Justin Stern, add ball out. Gonna see that Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback. We'll maybe see a little HCL playing the third preseason game. Let's not even get into that. I'm too pissed off about that, but. Um, so let's get into a little golf. This is a golf podcast. Let's talk some golf. Um, first of all, we're going to touch on the Northern Trust out at Liberty National this last weekend. Um, Tony Finau won it in miraculous fashion. Did he not finish four under in the last three? Um, I don't know about the final round exactly what he finished, but he, 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 he was on an absolute tear. More importantly, our cousin Cam shit his pants blew one right on 18, hit one in the water, and cost himself uh, a, a good chunk of dough winning that tournament. I mean, he still made a very good chunk of dough, but it would have probably been about double if he would have won that tournament. And th- what I love about Cam Smith, I mean, I, we tweeted out quotes earlier today, and then I saw something in the comments on, like, Foreplay Pod tweeted out a meme of – uh, like Cam hitting it right on 18 and it's like a ball, like a tracer and then it's got like so long folks or it's all over, like it's it's over or some shit like that like basically just chirping Cam Smith because he, he missed a, 
a drive on 18 way to the right and it basically cost him the tournament and cam smith actually commented on that and said i love all the keyboard warriors ha keep it up like he didn't seem like he was pissed off he didn't seem like he was angry and ready to go full kd on anyone you know what i mean he wasn't he didn't come out guns a blazing ready to to fight everybody on the internet he's just like aha i love it keep doing it blah 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 like he doesn't care and then there was one other quote where somebody said something about the money he would have made this last week winning the Northern Trust, and he goes, "Well, no, they the the quote was they asked him about like what it would mean because he's still very I'm much in the FedEx, the FedEx Cup race, Cup. yeah." Yes. And they said, "What would it mean to you to win fifteen million dollars?" Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I I misspoke. Um, they asked him what it would mean to him to win fifteen million. He goes, "I don't know. I'm honestly pretty set." Like, maybe I buy some more fishing equipment. He goes, I'm living really well right now. And that's just, like, the perspective of everybody, every normal person that would have, like, a PGA Tour salary. You know, like, you sit around. Cam is one of those guys that realizes how much money he makes and how blessed he is to be in the position he's in. And no doubt he's earned it himself, but he realizes what he has, and he's not, like, greedy. He's not like, oh, and I don't know how many PGA Tour guys are are not greedy, so I'm not calling anybody that. But, uh, yeah, it, it was just super cool to see the quotes from him and how down-to-earth and humble that guy is. He's just more related to us now than he ever has been because I think we're a couple pretty down-to-earth dudes. Yeah, and shout-out to him for... Uh, breaking the course record at Liberty National as well. Uh, shot a 60 on Saturday, and it was fun to have a Monday finish too. I enjoyed that. Uh, got yeah, like RK texted us and went, "Oh, I hate not having golf on Sunday." But you and I working in the golf industry, Sunday is normally a day we can't really watch golf. But having a Monday finish, we can be on our couch all day. So it was just an electric, uh, really electric finish. And shout out to Tony Finau too for. Uh, breaking his own Puerto Rican Open curse, getting another W. I would like to say if I had to take a shot in the dark here, and I could be 100% off, but so that's his second win on tour. I think he is the highest earner in PGA Tour history with only two wins on tour. With all the purses the way they are now and how, how much money everything's worth, that guy's made, I want to say, north of $20 million on tour, and he's only won twice. So that's about probably uh, 15%. Those two wins probably account for about 15 to 20% of his overall uh, moneyless total. So he's had so many high finishes. He's finished top five, top ten so many times. So for him to finally get it done and come down the stretch and really clutch up was super cool and i mean spencer tweeted it out earlier this week but we watched him on the big break uh when he was 16 years old he turned pro at 16 and was still hitting at 350 but was just so unrefined he went through the mini tours he went through the gauntlet worked his way up onto the canadian tour onto the corn ferry tour was web.com tour now the corn ferry tour and then he worked his way onto the pga tour and now he's a great great success story so just super happy for him, too. He's so much fun to watch. Yeah, so speaking of big break, like we tweeted, uh, 
we used to watch the big break religiously. Like, Mitchell and I in high school were the biggest, like, you think we're golf nerds now? In high school, Mitchell was the biggest golf nerd I've ever met, and he still is when it comes to the actual golf swing, which I appreciate about him. I like staying out about weird shit. Yeah, but we, I mean, we would go home, we would, we had Monday shows, Tuesday shows, and they were all on the golf channel, and we'd have, like, our putters down in the living room, watch with the big screen on, like, putting on, like, a Rockies putting mat, uh, and just constantly watching golf, golf show after golf show. But I think this is a good time. I don't know if we've ever told our altered course story on this podcast. I don't. I really don't think we have. Well, I think. Let's, let's, let's hear it, Spuds. No, it's, I want you to get into it. You're better. Oh, okay. You're a good well, storyteller. So basically, okay. what I tweeted is it was kind of a lie. I mean, altered course was basically big break. It was the same scenario, yes, just called a different there, name. It was golf channels next like game show like competition show uh but we golf channel put out uh an advertisement like oh we need cup or not couples definitely not couples <laughs> we need we need duos to apply for this tv show like send us a video of why uh you should be on this tv show blah 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 so spencer's like let's let's throw in an application why not and so we made a video, and it ended up being uh, good enough. At least they liked us enough. They flew us out to San Diego. We were one of how many teams did they take on the show? Was it ten teams? I think ten or twelve. Um, yeah, there's ten or twelve, and we were in the top thirty. So we were very close to being on national television on the Golf Channel for a TV show, uh, and we we missed the cut. And I'm not going to drag Spencer through the mud here. But so we were on live camera, like they were videotaping, they were doing live video interviews with us, like asking us about each other and our dynamic. They were trying to make a play on like brother, sister, brother, brother. Um, there was a, some buddy duos there, a couple of rockets from like San Diego State, but that's beside the point. They definitely made it on the show, whoever they were, I forget. But it was all these different tandems of people, so they were doing like a live video, like describe your relationship, this and that. And we we really got into that portion, like we killed that portion. But then they live videotape our swings uh, and us like hitting balls. And I did pretty well, like I was nervous, but I got everything pretty pretty straight out there, um, hit them all pretty solid. And these cameras are like at a a forty five degree angle in front of us, so they're not. Like, straight in front of us, they're not across from us. They're, like, angled at 45, like, right, kind of to the right in front of us. Basically, if you shank it, that's where you're going to hit it. And Spencer almost hit the cameraman, like, two or three times. He shanked absolutely cold hosel. Oh, I think it. you're fucking playing this up for the pod. I really did do. you only hit one? I, only, I remember I... Or did you top it? I remember vividly topping a hybrid, yes. Okay, I, I, don't, I remember as a hybrid. I thought you shanked one and scared the cameraman. It's very I, possible, but if I did, I, I completely shut that out of my, my did brain. Did you black out? Yeah, it's, it's just, no longer I, in my brain at all. I think you shanked one, and I immediately knew. I was like, let's get on the plane back to Colorado. <laughs> We're not making it. Oh, fuck. Um, but no, we, it, it was very cool to go through the experience of being like... Like, like interviewed to be cast for a TV show is one of the probably the coolest experiences we've ever been through, um, and we were right there. We we could have, you could have already heard our name if we had been on that TV show, but you haven't. And 
I mean, we're real lucky to be where we're at, so I'm not going to get all of my feels about not getting on TV. But what a great experience. That was uh, – and it, let's be real. The TV show lasted one season. If we were on it, it'd still be fucking rolling. That was exactly what I was going to say. I was like, let's be real here. That TV show failed, so they fucked up by not having they, us. They it wasn't us. They out by missing out on the golf bros. It, just imagine if anybody listens regularly to this pod – how much I talk shit about Spencer and chirp his golf swing. Can you, and, and I mean, he does the same thing to me. Can you imagine what that TV show would look like and just the hot mics and the live air? It would be must, must, must see TV. I don't know how they missed out on us. Oh, yeah, exactly. They missed the boat on that one. And you know what? Grudges, like, no regrets. We went and did it. We flew out one in the morning. I don't know if you told us, told them that, but we. We flew out in the morning and then flew back that night. Like, we didn't even stay a single night in California. No, it, because we were actually going back out to San Diego three days later for the Chargers-Broncos game. Yeah. So, we, we it was like a, a Thursday we flew out, we flew back Thursday night, and then we left Saturday night to go back to San Diego, and then we flew back out Monday morning, so... yeah. We, we went to the Chargers Broncos game, and it was one of the last NFL games in Qualcomm Stadium, so that was cool. And, and that place was an absolute dive shithole. That place was a shithole. And speaking of the NFL, the NFL's back this week, you guys, and DraftKings Sportsbook, which is the official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't miss offer for week one of the NFL season, which is like, it's like, it's like finally fully back. Like, nobody's preseason, whatever. Now now we're back, back. We're all the way back. And DraftKings is coming at you with a can't-miss offer of betting $1 to win $200 instantly in free bets, no matter what happens with your bet. So DraftKings is giving all new players $200, 200 to 1 odds, basically. All you need to do is place a dollar bet on the NFL. You're getting $200 in free bets. So head over to that app store now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And check out this, This use the promo code DNVR, check out this promotion to start, but there's daily promotions every single day, there's odds boosts, I used an odds boost, a profi boost the other night, ended up winning more money on the Rockies when they were at home, not on the road, we don't bet on them on the road. Um, now they have same game parlays, so the same game parlay feature is one of my favorites, It was really I was really sad it wasn't on DK, and now it is, so DraftKings is already the top rated sportsbook app, and now it's making itself even better. So make sure you download that DraftKings sportsbook app now, use that promo code DNVR, and you're receiving $200 in free bets, when you, all you have to do is place a $1 bet on an NFL game in week one, so... Only at a limited time at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And something else we got to tell you guys about is what I currently just put in my lip. Um, it's later at night. I'm, getting, I'm winding down for the day. I'm getting ready to go to bed. And I toss me in a can of dip. And these are my new favorite thing. Um, I'd messed with them a little bit before, and now that they've got all these different flavors coming out, my personal favorite is the mint by far. Uh, Mitchell's a big wintergreen guy. He's kind of always been that way. But honestly, you guys, we've been doing Zins for 
two, three, four years, got full-on addiction to Zins, and now with the Canadips, there's no nicotine in them. There's just CBD. It chills you out. You toss one in there, and it's a super fat pouch. Like it's, you can, I can see in Mitchell's lip right now, in my lip, like you can see, kind of see the pouch. Which I guess maybe that's a good thing, maybe that's a bad thing, but it feels like you're chewing, man, and, and it's so much better than chewing and and putting something in your mouth. It's gonna shred your lips and shred your gums. You know, you just want to toss in a nice can of dip, and and you get that nice CBD running through your veins. And it chills you out a little bit. Like, I, I, you know, sometimes I still go on the nicotine kick. I'm not going to lie to you about it. But uh, especially at night, like when I'm trying to go to bed, I'm always about the can of dips and, and getting that CBD. And it just makes you chill out. Like, can of dips nailed this. Um, and we are also selling these in the bar. So if you guys go check out the DNVR bar in Colfax, New York, you look behind the counter, behind our boy Darren. Uh, the bartender there and all the staff, there's going to be a whole case of candidates that you can buy. Um, and, you know, you're watching the Broncos game, you're getting stressed out, you toss in a candidate, all is well. So, uh, candidates, that's candidatescbd.com, C A N N A D I P S CBD.com, right now. And go to that website, and they're giving away $3,000 in cash to one lucky winner. The entry ends August 31st, so you've got about a week. Um, and no purchase necessary, head to their website, check them out, or come down to DNVR Bar and experience the life-changing candidates. Once again, that's C-A-N-N-A-D-I-P-S-C-B-D.com. All right, dude, let's talk about club championships, man. Let's talk about the nerves. I obviously had a lot of nerves uh, hitting balls in front of the, the people on the altered course. So uh, what are some things that we can give people to as golf professionals that we can teach them or help them with or give them tips on? And when you're going into your club championship or your city championship or your end of the year things where you're trying to trying to grow, trying to grow in the game of golf, what, what do you got for them, dude? Yeah, so as everybody knows, we are coming up on club championship season. It is getting to be that time. It's almost September, and that's generally when club championships are, at least here in this part of America. where Spencer Office Cry Club Championship. (laughs) Spencer Office Cry, yeah. Uh, And these are some high-pressure times, especially when you're growing in the game of golf. You don't know how to deal with the stress and the, the pressure of it is not an everyday thing. And, and golf is such a unique thing, <clears throat> excuse me, where you can only really be prepared by going through it. But in order to prepare your best to get to that point, I've got a few things. So um, number one. All right, well, let me the, start. Let me start before you start this. Yes, I don't. I don't think you got that reference, but that was me. Basically, for those of you guys that don't know, I don't know if we've told this story either before. The last club championship I ever played in before I turned professional in 2015 was I lost to Mitchell by one uh, in a playoff, like straight Cam Smith style. I almost chipped. We were 18 and 19. We lost, or we beat 134 other grown men. Of the adult age, we were 18 and 19, scraped everyone else, and it came down to the two of us. And basically, Spencer tried to go for number 18 at Spring Valley Value Fund in two shots. He was trying to hit the green in two, make an eagle, hit it in the water. I laid up, uh, hit it on the green, took my par, and won the club championship. So 
Uh, rough day for Spencer. He really didn't want to talk to me for a few days afterwards. But uh, what, a, what an experience. I don't know how many brothers can say that they were in a playoff against each other in the club championship. So for that, I will always be thankful. Spudsy's my boy. That's Spencer. That's an inside nickname for nobody who's ever heard that. But we're boys for life. I love him to death, and I I feel bad. I I honestly felt bad for beating him. I was happy that I won, but I wish I could have beat anybody else. I fucking cried like a little baby that day. (laughs) Oh, dude, I put so much work into that, and then just to lose to your snot-nosed ass. After you laid up, after you laid up on a par five, fuck. It would have been such a coup for you to to beat me, and you just flat out didn't. So, sucks to suck, but I still got the trophy. So, um, <laughs> anywho, let's get into helping these people. Let's get into helping our listeners play better and be them their best golf selves in this club championship coming up or their club championship. Um, so I'll lead it off here, Spence. My first thing is practicing with a certain focus and a goal in mind. And that should go for all of your practice in golf. But in the middle of the summer, you know, if you don't have any big events coming up, you you kind of get complacent. You go out and you hit balls. You really don't think about the shots you're hitting. You go chip some balls. You go putt. You're, you're not really focusing. You're going through the motions. And... A lot of times going through the motions is a good thing. I mean, it is a lot of muscle memory. But when when you can attach yourself to certain little things that will help, um, help you in a pressure spot, that can make such a difference. So put yourself in, in situational spots, even when you're on the driving range. Be like, okay, this is the approach shot on number 10 in my course. This is the, this is the shot I need to hit. You know, this is the tee shot on hole number six in my course where – I need to fade it around this tree or I need to, to keep it low and I need to, to pull the shot off. And, and when you get to that point in your club championship, you can kind of draw back to that feeling of being on the driving range and hitting that shot time and time again and hopefully feeling like you're pretty pre- prepared for it when the time comes. So that is one of my, my best tips. And that just, like I said, goes for golf in general. I mean, Nobody practices, nobody has, everybody has bad practices. Nobody puts in 110% in every practice. Some days you have bad days where you're really not that focused. Some days you have good days, but just being able to really lock in on a a feeling for certain shots and and putting yourself out there situationally can make such a huge difference in your results come club championship time. Yeah, man. And like you said, you can't really create this pressure anywhere that's going to be kind of one of my tips is try try your best to create the pressure um whether that's playing somebody that's better than you for a little money or going out and and challenging yourself and and saying you know i might lose this money but you're you feel pressure because a lot of golf is played in fun and and we're not saying that you can't ever play golf without pressure like that's how we want 99 percent of people to start you don't want to start with pressure and crumble under it and hate it but Put, try to put yourself in a pressure situation. It's just like, it's almost like kickers. Like, Brandon McManus can go out and practice and make every 55, 60-yarder at, at altitude and even maybe not at altitude that he looks at. Yet, when he gets into a game, that's going to change. That's all changing. And he can only practice it so many times and, 
in a you know a empty crowd or empty practice field without crowd noise without this without that but until you create some pressure packed situations and get yourself into those situations you you you're not going to feel it but it, golf is we've talked about it multiple times just so much pressure goes into hitting golf shots especially when it matters and you can't let that pressure overtake you you just have to fall back on on the practice and the work that you put in and the swing that you have and that kind of leans me into another point is re- please don't go out and like try to overhaul your swing before a big tournament like that's just about the dumbest thing you can do i almost just like stop taking lessons this time of the year uh like from like giving lessons i should say and it's not that i don't ever want to help people out but especially anyone in our men's or ladies leagues or whatever like if you're trying for a big it's just too little too late yeah like you've played enough golf this whole year with your shitty swing or your good swing or whatever you as as long as you don't have anything too wrong going on like you just gotta you just gotta get to a point where you figure it out because you're you're gonna be able to figure it out better than anyone else because you know your golf swing you know your tendencies but don't go to a golf pro and try to get a lesson right now well come right now but not if you're in your about to play in your club championship because it just really doesn't make a lot of sense to try to overhaul things and in Colorado we have an interesting kind of year and season here where fall's great and I love fall I can't wait for fall golf uh it's really my favorite time of the year to golf I don't know if we've said that more than 100 times on this podcast but if we have we're getting haven't we're getting pretty fucking close um but then in the winter time is when you really grind, and that sounds dumb because you can't really hit balls or anything like that. But the winter time is where if you want to change something, like who cares if you shank fifty in a row at Top Golf? Like nobody gives a shit. It's just going into the net and you're you're pack, you're waving your little flag over a white you know the white line, and you're getting another ball and and hitting it again. And there's not a real not a real consequence there and so if you want to change your swing wait for the winter to do that if you're out in Colorado if you're somewhere that's year-round uh you know you just kind of got to suck it up maybe in a time where it's not great to play golf because the one thing about golf in general is as and changing your swing and and working to get better is if if you don't get worse before you get better you're probably not going to get a whole lot better and that's just how it goes. Like changing, if you actually do what your teacher, your golf instructor tells you to do, and it's a fairly big change, it's not going to be easy, and you're not going to hit the ball good right off the bat. You may hit one out of ten good or two out of ten good, and those two are way better than the last seven or eight you hit good. Uh, but you, sh- you got to build the house, or you got to b- burn the house down and build it back up from the foundation in a golf swing in order to make it better. No, I, I completely agree, and. Uh, let, let us specify also that going to your local professional for like a tune-up before the club championship is not bad. Like if you can make little changes that uh, can help you here and there, we're all for it. But like Spencer said, a complete swing overhaul, trying to, to change a significant portion of your swing is just going to result in worse um, worse endings than you're looking for. You're better off sticking with what you got, what you know, and rolling from there. So I, I 110% agree with you there, dude. Um, another thing that I really think is crucial, and I'll keep this fairly brief, but finding a go-to shot, no matter what that is, is so crucial in clutch moments. Something, like I just said, that you can fall back on, something that you can cling to in that moment of pressure where I don't give a shit if it's a low fade 
if it's a high draw, if it's a, a just a low straight shot, if you're hitting a stinger. I mean, Lee Trevino loved hitting a really low stinger back in his day. A little stinger fade. I mean, Tiger with the stinger. Uh, so any shot that you feel like you can consistently hit in a tight spot is what you need to be working on. Because when you have no other place to go and your mind is racing 100 miles a minute, you need to be able to fall back on that one shot you know you can pull off more often than not. Because ultimately that's going to give you the confidence to hit it and then you're going to be more committed. You're not as afraid. (laughs) I mean, there's so many things that go into it, but just having that go-to shot is, is crucial in a clutch moment. Yeah, it just goes back to the nervous factor and getting comfortable hitting a golf shot that you're used to hitting instead of like trying to work everything and and worry about, you know, just worry about basically trying to make the best move you can make, but a consistent move that you're comfortable with instead of trying to go out of the box and make a bizarre or make some try to do something that you're not. You know, don't try to be something you're not. That's a huge life lesson. Don't, don't be a hero. Don't try to be a hero um, with the golf swing. And then my my other one is it's very simple, um, but especially like you know, obviously your club championship is going to be played at your course, or if you're playing a tournament, get over to that golf course the night before the day, the night before the tournament, or the morning of, or whatever, and just try to get really comfortable on the greens and around the greens. Go to the chipping green. Um, uh, hitting the ball matters in golf, but you're going to save more strokes. Like I always tell people when I'm giving them lessons, I'm like, yeah, if if you're, we're working on your overall golf swing and having you hit the ball better, you're going to, your scores are eventually going to go down, but it doesn't matter if you hit around every green or every green in two. Sorry, I had to crack my breck, my breck, good company Seltzy here. Um, it doesn't matter if you're hitting the green in two or around the green in two. If you're three putting everything or chip, you can't get up and down to save your life. Like doesn't matter. You're you're not going to be good. You know you're not you're not going to be able to make the scores you want to make doing that. So get comfortable on the greens. Get get around the greens. Like what what would you say? Like if you were to give somebody like they were practice an hour a day on they had an hour a day to devote to the golf game. What would you say? they should devote to short game, just chipping, putting, and then the, the long game? Um, I, I would, and it, it all is player dependent, I would say, for the most part, but I would say you got to at least break it up evenly. And I know that sounds like an average answer, but do you know how many people spend two hours on the driving range and then 15 minutes on the putting green and maybe five minutes on the chipping green? Like, in order to really get good, you have to break everything up evenly. If you've got an hour, I'd even maybe go 15, 20 minutes, hit 30 or 40 balls on the driving range, and then I'd go over to the chipping greens for 15, 20 minutes, depending on what you feel like you need more work on, and then same with the putting green. And like we've talked about multiple times, it's quality over quantity. You don't need to hit 200 golf balls to get better. If you, like I just touched on a minute ago, if you're focusing on every single golf shot, you should be taking about 30 to 45 seconds to hit each shot on the driving range. So you give yourself 15 minutes, that's about 30, yeah, you can probably get 40 balls in in 15, 20 minutes, um, but that's taking 30 seconds for every shot. First of all, to reflect on the previous shot, kind of do some slight analyzing of, of what happened there, how well it went, what were you feeling, 
and then you're preparing for the next shot. You're picking your line. You're really focusing on your routine and getting into a groove. But then you head over to the chipping green, and it's the same exact thing. I mean, uh, a one-foot putt means as much as a 300-yard drive, and that's a tale as old as time in golf. But it really is the truth. I mean, you can win or lose club championships, PJ Tour events, anything on a, a three-footer, a two-footer. It can change your life. So don't take any of it uh, for granted. Focus in on everything you're doing and split your practice up evenly. I don't want to see anybody over on the, the range for 45 minutes and then they're like, oh, I'll go hit like three putts. No, because putting means just as much as, as hitting the ball does. And one other quick thing, like Spencer said, with a short game, uh, it can take so much pressure off your green, your game tee to green, and that can free up your golf swing. Your short game being good can unintentionally improve your entire game because you're not stressed out about, oh, I need to hit this green or I'm making bogey, you know? You can get comfortable with missing a green occasionally or, or half the time or, I mean, A.B. Anderson, our good buddy, he hit for men's league last week he hit two greens and shot even par so that just goes to show you what a short game can do for you and it can really pull you out of some tough shit so focus on the short game as much as you focus on your tee to green game and it will really uh turn you into a complete player which is what everyone aims to be in golf uh my last tip for club championships is take a second to realize and i'm not dogging on anybody's club championship here whatever it's, it's your home courses club championship. There's thousands of courses in America. You're, you're a pretty, it, it, in a grand perspective, you're a pretty small fish in a, in a pretty small pond. So don't turn it into something it's not. Don't build it up into your, it may be your Super Bowl, but just gain a little perspective on, okay, guys go out and do this on tour. And I'm not saying you're comparing yourself to a tour player, but just realize that, there's much bigger things in life than a club championship. It's not your livelihood. You're, you're going to be able to go home to your family afterwards. You know, you're not playing to, to save your own life. Don't make too big of a deal out of it. Go out there, have a good time, learn some more about your golf game and continue to grow and, and really just do yourself a favor and don't make it something it's not because everybody's expectations ruin all their fun when it comes to golf and that's just not what it's about go out there and i'm not saying you need to play like shit but just realize it, it is tough it's a competition and if you haven't experienced a lot of this you're, you're probably not going to play your best rounds ever so don't go into it with crazy high expectations and get all disappointed learn something about your golf game have some fun and enjoy yourself that's it yeah, and one thing that is be very, like like you said, learn something about yourself. Being very vigilant, even when you play bad rounds, is a huge key to getting better as a golfer because when you, when stuff goes bad, you need to know like why it's going bad or what's going bad. So you if you need to get help from a teacher, you need help from an instructor, whatever, but you have something to go back on where it's like, okay, this is what we don't want to go bad or this is what we don't want to happen or this is what's happening how do I fix it, you know, so I think it's a, a huge importance of people, for people to realize what's going wrong, and why it's going wrong, and then, and then they can figure it out from there, but if you don't know what the problem is, you can't fix a problem if you don't know what it is, so. 110%, dude, um, 
Well, I, I think we're about wrapped up for the day. I got to give a huge shout out to my boy, Abram Answer. Biggest mover in the FedEx Cup this week. I predicted he was going to make a charge. He was in uh, 67th spot in the FedEx Cup, and now he's in 8th. So he he made the biggest run out of anybody this last week out at uh, the Northern Trust at Liberty National, just outside of New York City. And that's my boy, so I'm riding him all the way home. If he can win this FedEx Cup, it'll be fucking insane. And my guy, uh, Xander, he... My guy Xander is currently sitting at 13th in the FedEx Cup points with 1,800 points, 1,819 points. Had an okay week at Liberty National. Looking for him to rebound here this week at... uh, Medina. No, it's not Medina, bro. I don't know. It's at Caves Valley. What the fuck am I reading? I don't know. You may be looking at 2020, bro, but you're out. Okay. Oh, wow. I thought... Yeah, you're... Just stop listening to Mitchell, but... Is this last week? Caves, is this last year? Caves Valley, Owings Mills, Maryland. I was going to say, what the fuck's going on here? Oh my god, so Abram Answer did not make that big of a run last year. This year, I am so embarrassed. Why would that be at the top of the Google search for biggest movers I mean, in the FedEx Cup you, this week? You could have pulled it off because Abram Answer's at 10. So. <laughs> oh, well, I damn. Mean, I was going to say, he was higher up to start with. I don't know why that felt so weird. I just know that I loved Abe Answer this year. So he, he did advance. What was he, 13th going into this week? I could just be completely shitting all over myself right now. But So he's still 10th in the FedEx Cup. Wow, I can't believe I didn't look at the date of that fucking article. What a rookie move. Well, we better, we better cut you off before you keep shitting on yourself. Yeah, cut me off. My, my boy, Xander Shoffley, X-Man... 13th in the FedEx Cup right now with 1,819 points. So we need a good week at Caves Valley, and then we need a dub at the final tournament of the year. So only 30 players moving on from uh, this weekend. Sneaking in at number 70, Phil Mickelson. What a legend. <laughs> uh, just doesn't play enough golf and, and has won like three or four times. Like if you could combine Champions Tour points and regular points, he'd be up there. Because he's won every Champions Tour event he's been on. But other than that, uh, fun couple weeks of playoffs left. And we started the first week of playoffs with a playoff. 20 under par, a course record, uh, a whole rain out, a Monday finish. So I don't know what else can can go wrong here this week at Caves Valley. But I'm sure sure as hell looking forward to it. Hell yeah, dude. It's going to be a blast. I'll try to look at some current events and make sure the fucking date's correct on them. So I just, wow. That might be a new low for me on this this podcast, and I've been pretty drunk multiple times. So I'm going to go shove my foot in my mouth, and, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs> we appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of Big Drive Energy. Once again, follow us on Twitter at dnvr underscore golf that's where we get all our smart ass tweets we tweet about golf we tweet about other things uh we tweet about our golf tournament which is coming up september 3rd this is the last week to sign up so if you're listening to this and know somebody that wants to play in the tournament next friday at common ground uh head over to the dnvr.com and get yourself signed up you can't if you can't come you can sponsor a whole uh you can get a foursome you can play as a single and we'll pair you up uh, however you guys want to do it so Get over there to the dnvr.com and sign up for our golf tournament. Follow me on Twitter at Big Drive Spence. Follow my brother, 
my best friend and legend at Big Drive, Mitch. Until next week, when there's only 30 players left, and there will be one tournament for 15 mil, and the trophy will preview that all for you, give you our last final picks of who's going to go into that. Good luck at your club championships. Good luck in any tournaments you have. Remember, pressure... Pressure makes diamonds. That's all I that's all I got for you. Pressure <laughs> pressure makes diamonds. We'll talk to y'all next week. Peace.